0: Hey everyone, and welcome to a podcast by Buffalo Occupational Therapy for student and OT practitioners looking to bridge the gap between what you were taught in school and real world OT practice. We are all about using our full scope of practice and understand that OT is so much more than ADLs. We are a medical science, we are a social science, and we are the cutting edge next generation of OT practitioners. Welcome to Rethink OT. What is going on? My name is Michelle and I'm one of the admins of Outpatient OT. So I want to welcome all of our new members here real quick. And so I'm popping in for that. So welcome to Outpatient OT. Uh, This is an active group, or at least I hope it will be. And the point of it is to uh, rethink OT, rethink the way we do things, rethink the way um, it's currently being perceived, because the perception of the way OT is, um, is that we are uh, we are harnessed, we are closed, we are uh, locked into uh, this ADL square and so how can we get out of that and it's all about how we're approaching our day-to-day practice and so um, I am sharing what I do. I own an outpatient occupational therapy adult clinic, and uh, we mainly treat neurological uh, rehabilitation, um, but we also treat a lot of, uh, you know, geriatric, uh, do a lot of geriatric rehabilitation, and then ortho, Um, as well. So um, today, along with saying hello, is um, number one, please let me know if you can hear me because I'm having some issues with my sound. So uh, let me know if you can hear me. That would be fantastic. Just put like a thumbs up or like a number one in the comments. If you can hear me, that would really help me out. Um, I appreciate that. Um, And we'll just push forward. So what I'm going to be talking to you about today is uh new considerations for um uh, considerations for a new patient. So if you're an occupational therapy practitioner and you're either about to Uh, see a new eval, or maybe you're um, about to just in general see a patient for the first time, what are you looking at? Because whether or not, I mean, whether or not you're an um, occupational therapist, although OTRs will perform the initial assessments and um, go through the evaluation process, um, it, that doesn't mean that a certified occupational therapy assistant is outside of that assessment purview um, because you as a COTA can perform just as many assessments as um, an OTR you guys have, you still have a, a critical lens, um, you just do so in collaboration with the registered occupational therapist. So um, thank you very much for the thumbs up, Hannah. Uh, so my sound is working just fine and I appreciate that. So, um, so this great divide between OT versus COTA and COTA is not getting a lot of respect um, is ridiculous because we're two sides of the same coin. We need both sides, the OTR and the COTA to provide a very efficient and full and robust and and um, effective plan of care. So let's nip that in the bud. This is for both of you, whether you're an evaluating therapist or you are a certified occupational therapist, therapy assistant, um, this is relevant information for you. So top three considerations. Um, number one is, and I apologize, I didn't write these beforehand. So number one is perception. What do I look at? So number one, I mean, the beauty of occupational therapy is that we, think about the perception of somebody and we know that it directly impacts uh physical outcomes because unless your your patient is on um level playing field with you, unless they're buying into the process, we know that there's this great chasm, there's this great divide between um, where the patient is and where we know they can get. And it's perception, that's what's connecting those two things. So what am I talking about with perception? Well, first and foremost, it's how is the patient perceiving their barriers? What is going on with the patient? Um, In relation to their diagnosis, which you need to know the diagnosis first and foremost, what is their relationship with that diagnosis and their prognosis? Um, What's their perception on their um, limitations, what they're facing? So um, what is being impacted in their daily life and how is that making them feel. Uh, Much like COPM, right? Um, That is what we use that for. um, Or you can just have a discussion with them. Um, A conversation works just as well. So um, when we think about perception, we want to identify The patient's perception of their altered abilities or whatever they're going through, um, whatever scope you are looking through. So that's number one. Number two is their perception on the occupational therapy profession. What do they know about what you're about to, um, about your lens? What do they know about occupational therapy? Do they know what you do? Do they have a misguided um, idea of what you do? Maybe they think, which is what happens to me a lot, maybe they think that all you do is ADLs. Maybe they, they they're they sitting down with you and they're not even listening to what you're saying because they already think you're irrelevant. So you need to address that elephant in the room, right? You need to say, hey, you know, have you ever seen an occupational therapy uh, practitioner before? Have you ever done occupational therapy? Uh, what do you think that we do? Or how do you think I'm going to be able to help you with this? Um, and then they're going to tell you or they're going to say, you know, I really don't know. And then you're going to have the opportunity to explain to them how what your um, what your lens is, how that's relevant to them. So uh, perception of their own barriers and then perception of OT Uh, that is huge you have got to define that before you begin a plan of care and thirdly um, what's their perception on on your plan of care discuss that with them you cannot just make their goals for them put it in a computer send it off to a doctor and begin and give them activities you can't just do that you have got to discuss it with them that is part of the process we have, we dismiss that so much and their perception on your plan of care and their perception their perception on their goals that you have set for them to achieve is crucial to independence because and remediation and rehabilitation, if they're not buying in to how you plan on helping them, on helping restore their function, then there's no point. Occupational therapy is client-centered, which means you have to get their thoughts on your plan of care. Hey, Mrs. Smith. You know, you've just had a stroke and, um, this is what OT is. And you know what? These are some goals I think we can really achieve. And I think it's going to be really great. And these are some ways that we're going to achieve these goals. What do you think about that? Would you change anything? Does what I'm saying make sense or do they seem, does it seem silly? Does it seem irrelevant? What do you want to work on? If you could change anything, what would you change about that? that conversation is very, very important. So um, discussing the perception of the plan of care. Okay, so the second thing that I um, really hone in on is, this is gonna surprise all of you, Hey guys, I just want to interrupt real quick. I want to take a minute to remind you to head to our website for OT treatment ideas, any PDFs we reference in this podcast, and a ton of OT science rationale for your documentation. Be the therapist your clients ask for instead of just the therapist they feel they can do without. Head to the Bot Portal and OT store at www.buffalooccupationaltherapy.com. And don't forget to find us on social media in our Facebook group at Outpatient OT or on Insta at OT underscore Outpatient. Now back to the show. patient. <laughs> what is being affected? So we've discussed perception and we know the diagnosis, and we've already done our homework. We know what we're we know um, the physiological components of healing for this diagnosis, and we know how we're going to leverage certain elements um, within the plan of care. Now let's discuss occupation, build the occupational profile, and, and learn what is actually being impacted for this person, as well as what do they want to get back to doing. Now, occupation, this is where activity analysis comes into play. Think about what they're telling you. Think about their deficits that you've already listed in that objective section of your report. Think about all of the symptoms that they're experiencing. Think about all of the um, the the barriers they've defined already and then in your head you need to have already done activity analysis on those major occupations and activities because for example um, i have a client who um, just had a bilateral uh, carpal tunnel release okay um another client actually this is probably more pertinent um i have another client who just had a uh, three trigger finger release surgeries. And um, she's having a lot of generalized weakness. And um, although her range of motion is really within functional limits, that strengthening really needs to come about. Now, I needed to ask her, I said, what's being affected? And she's like, you know, I'm really having a hard time um, doing the spray butter, doing cans. Um, and And she went on to list all of these things. And I was like, oh, you know, I knew that she was having pronation and supination issues. I knew that radial ulnar deviation was a challenge and was painful for her. And so I had to ask her, and how is it, um, how are you doing putting on a bra? Like, how is that going for you? And she's like, you know what? It is so difficult. I really can't do it. I, I just wear tank tops because I really can't do that. She would have never asked me that. I needed to ask her. So, I already needed to have an established arsenal of um, activities that I've already done an analysis on because this, this, and this is being affected. I know it's going to directly relate to these activities and it's going to impact them. So, I'm going to ask the client about it. So, defining what occupations are being impacted so that we can keep that lens, the entire plan of care is crucial. And then, lastly, um, foundation. So the last thing I look at is the foundation. You know that I've already already discussed with you how important I believe the biomechanical model is. Biomechanical, um, kinesiology, biopsychosocial, those uh, frames of mind are crucial to being an occupational therapy practitioner because everything comes from movement. We're not activity leaders. That's not what we are. We are not activity leaders. I love activity directors. I love activity leaders. We um, Occupational therapy absolutely has a role in working with activity leaders or even um, finding themselves in that role. But if you're in the clinical side of occupational therapy, that's not what you're doing. That's a separate job description. That's a separate pay scale um, what you're doing what you're licensed to do is medic medical it's medical related so you need to lead with that and therefore we need objective measurements um, about the science of the body so what do we need objective measures on um, many of my patients despite their diagnosis i will do a cognitive assessment a quick cognitive screen because I need to know where they're at. Are they going to be receptive to what I'm telling them? What is their level of that that like health literacy? Um, how am I going to best communicate ideas to them? Um, are they going to be able to retain the information that I'm giving them? If I give them a home exercise program, are they gonna be able to carry that over safely because they remember what it is I'm telling them? Um, or are they at risk for Um, losing that information. And therefore, when they get home, my home exercise program could actually injure them. So many of my patients, depending on their diagnosis um, and a few other factors, they will all receive a cognition screen because it's going to best um, help me manage their their therapy, their, their remediation journey. So, uh, cognition, next range of motion and strength. And this is for, um, so for hand therapy, obviously, uh, you're not going to test their lower body strength and range of motion. That's not what you're going to do. That's irrelevant. But if it's anything else like CVA or TBI or, uh, generalized weakness or, you know, uh, cardiopulmonary, um, deficiencies, whatever it might be, that's a whole body thing. And therefore, it's going to affect the entire body. Your occupational therapy, which means you don't parse the body, you're holistic, you have to address the needs of the whole body. That is your purview. That is what you must do because that's your scope of practice. So we can't just take measurements of the upper body and call it a day. We have to look at how their diagnosis or their issues are affecting their entire body. So you're going to take uh, range of motion measurements on the upper body. You're going to take range of motion measurements on the lower body. If they're within functional limits, obviously, you're not going to capture those specific measurements. You're just going to say within functional limits. Um, but you're also going to do a quick Uh, manual muscle screen. Just a real quick one um, on all big muscles of the upper and lower body so that you have an understanding of where they're at. Um, The next is going to be posture. Posture, all movement stems from posture. So we're going to address that. We're going to um, write that in the inspection part of our eval so that we know how their postural alignment is, which leads me to alignment. Um, How is their muscle alignment? Do they have any malalignments regarding um, their bilateral upper extremity, their scaps, right? Their pelvis, Um, how's their gait? do a gait assessment. So the next part is that functional ambulation and and transfers, you need to address that. Those are huge components of any occupation. Anything that they're gonna say involves walking and balance and um, transfers. That is important for us to address. So what are the biggest things that you're going to address for most clients, perception, occupation, and building the foundation. As an occupational therapy practitioner, you're helping them rebuild themselves, right? Much like a contractor um, is going to rebuild a home, they're gonna buy it, you know, it's it's been kind of run down, you know, it's been, been through a lot. What are they gonna work on first? They are not gonna work on painting. They're not going to get their paintbrush and quick make it look pretty they're not going to do that they're first going to go downstairs to the sub level and they're going to make sure that that foundation is on point so we have to start with that foundation and therefore the last part of what you should be looking at is um, F foundation okay so that's it for me I just want to drop in and share that um, because that's like a mentality that I apply to most um, patients that I see and sometimes I'm breaking that down a retreatment as well. Um, it just helps me to kind of guide myself through um, each each person's track, if you will. All right, that's it for me. If you have any questions, please let me know. Otherwise, kinesiology starts next Wednesday. Let me know if you have any questions regarding that. I'm excited um, to share some ideas with you, and I hope you have a fantastic week. Bye.